the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. What up, Joe? Not much. I'm excited today. We're going to talk a little bit about abs. Yeah, the holy grail of being an American, apparently, right now. <laughs> That's the status symbol of choice now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> we put a post on your social media there with a six-pack, and it got a thousand more views than everything else. <laughs> Must be the abs. And today's episode's going to be about abs. I was looking it up here, and it says that it wasn't until the 1980s and 1990s that six-pack was even a thing. Like, we didn't use to refer to abs as six-pack abs, so that's relatively new. Wow, I wonder who coined the phrase. I don't know. It should be punched. <laughs> what if it was Arnold? You can get in, a punch Arnold. In the abs. <laughs> Modern-day Arnold? I don't know. I feel like I could punch him and maybe outrun him. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the fanny packs? That's a ab. It's abs. Oh, no. Oh, it's really funny. There's that room funny. in the front. It looks Six like a yeah. fanny, yeah. <laughs> but we were chatting before the show. It would be so nice if we could just go back to... The, the standard that is appealing to American beauty standards would go back to Renaissance times when people were human-shaped yeah. instead of <laughs> threaded, which is like the, not the way we naturally look. No, not especially. I don't know, maybe in like ancient Greece. Yeah, <laughs> in ancient Greece movies about ancient Greece. You know there were <laughs> chunky people. Yeah, that was the status symbol of wealth, to be chunky. Yeah. So that meant... How come that skipped the U.S.? <laughs> That's, I love all the Renaissance paintings, and they're all just like hanging out. Just they're normal people. Happy. <laughs> not concerned about it. And that's not to say um, a, a considerable amount of body fat doesn't lead to heart disease and diabetes and all that thing. That's still in play. Yeah. yeah. But I think, what do, you say the, what do you say as a trainer that your percentage of body fat or your body fat percentage needs to be healthy? And what, is it, what does it need to be to show abs? So the markers that... We, when you do certifications and when you look at all the charts and stuff, we want men at 15% below. And that has a lot more to do with risk of cardiovascular disease than it does aesthetics. Yeah, that's what my doctor yep. yeah, said. Basically, if you can get beneath 15% of your body fat is your mass or what's the terminology for that? 15% body fat? Yep, that's, that's it. it. 15, yeah. And yeah, now doctors also look at BMI, but that's somewhat not very specific. Yeah, but he said I'd be at like limited to no risk. Or heart stuff. Yeah. And then women, it's 25%. 25%. Yep. I think 12 to 15% is manageable without just eating chicken. Do you, see, do you see abs at 12 to 15%? Yes, you do. Okay. Now, you're not going to be like super shredded and veiny. Like, like the, the cover, cover of men's health? Yeah. That yeah. would be like what percentage of body fat? That's probably closer to 8%. Closer um, to 8 Yeah. And yeah, the trade-off is it probably just gets much harder, right? Like I think people are like, oh, it's only twice as much. But I think there's like a there's like a level of insanity to go from 15% body fat to 7%. Yeah, it's a haul, man. It's there's a lot of stuff that has to change, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's you're most of the time really going to have two two a days plus cardio plus very boring diet plus supplements, pretty significant. And some people it's cool with them and they enjoy it and it's fun for them. And that's fine. Now, yeah, you do you. You do you. <laughs> Bodybuilders might get down to 4%, but that's men, but that's not sustainable for 99.99% of the population. So that's what people call their cut or whatever. Like when they're getting ready to compete, they go yeah. crazy to try to get to that level. 
Yeah, and it, it can start creating some hormonal issues and in some cases, organ failure. If it gets too low and stays too low, especially for women, it's even more dangerous for women to stay that low. Women probably won't go much below 7% yeah. uh, for something like that. And I'm not a bodybuilding expert. I hadn't really worked with that in probably seven or eight years. Yeah. But but it's a thing. We've been doing our course and everything, and I'm I'm getting down there in the body fat percentage. I'm not at 15 yet, but I'm on my way probably a couple more months, and I'm excited. I just wonder. I'm curious. I'm thinking out loud right now. The guys at the gym that have a six-pack constantly pull their shirt up in front of the mirror just to check if it's still there. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> it's so funny. They'll do a set and go, hypertrophy, hypertrophy, damn it. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the girls with six packs just wear a sports bra. They just want to be able, visible at all times. I don't blame them. I'd be doing the same thing, Joe. I would think if you work that hard to get a six pack, yeah, you should jog shirtless through the neighborhood. Of course you should. Yeah. You put in the work. Don't hide enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the best I did was uh, somewhere between seven and eight percent. And I kept it for about six months. But for me, I was extremely grumpy. <laughs> There's a very limited diet, not very exciting. And the amount of time and... Do you want abs or do you want to be nice? You decide. <laughs> but there's plenty of people that can do it and sustain it and they're happy about it. Uh, I don't know very many people, but most of the people we encounter are not... That's not going to be them. So what my niche is and what I focus on is what is sustainable to have confidence, to look good, to feel without an exorbitant trade-off to, to keep that. Right. So, because most people have careers and other things and they don't have four hours a day to spend in the gym or they don't have $600 a month for supplements or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I think a lot of it is marketing too. Like just being super candid, like using abs to get people to buy stuff in our marketing is a big I think it's a big thing. Every diet pill or that's just a bunch of caffeine or whatever always has a shredded six pack on the front. <laughs> so since we're doing an episode about abs, obviously the most important aspect of abs is going to be your diet. It doesn't matter what you're doing working out. If you can't uncover the layers of subcutaneous fat to show what's under, they're never going to be visible. So you might have a six pack. You just can't see it. That's so. very encouraging listeners. You're like, I already have a six pack. You do. Maybe. <laughs> or an eight pack, which it's is in there, which is interesting. So the amount of blocks of muscle, whether it's a six or eight, that is genetic. So some people have six and some have eight. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the percentages? I find this very fascinating. Let's see. Difference between six and eight. person with an eight pack has four bands. A person with a six pack has three bands. A person with a four pack has two bands. Many people's rectus abdominis has three intersections. So many people have the ability to have an eight pack is what it sounds like, a visible eight pack. That's correct. They may be genetically um, predisposed, predisposed with free to... bands so that if you got all shredded and whatnot, you might see eight. Exactly. And so if you're out there and you've been working really hard and you got a six pack and you've been working for that eight pack and maybe you just don't have it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might like literally be impossible. Or you could just get one of those shirts that has an eight pack on it. Where's that? <laughs> There's a, a funny video of a, a yes day for some guy's wife's birthday. And so he has to say yes to anything she says that day. And he says, I want you to clean the house in this. And he gives him this shirt with an eight pack abs on it. And so he's like vacuuming and all this. And he looks like a Chippendale. It's really funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a pretty good movie too. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. 
No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my wife watched it with the kids. Yeah, it's a kid's movie, but it's funny. That is funny. It's a cool philosophy. And I think I've heard some people actually pick that stuff up. Like, I say yes. Like, I just do. Unless it's stupid, obviously. Don't say yes to everything. But Yeah. And then I end up, like, foaming the house. Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Well, since we're talking about abs, I thought it'd be fun to talk about the different sections of the abs. And aside from diet... What can we do through strength training to develop the different sections, why they're important, how they function? Right. It'd be good if you want to do a deep dive on this, go back and listen to the microbiome because this is a big part of that, right? Like having a healthy microbiome and the way that your body stores fat in your midsection. And there's a lot behind that that's probably more than just sit-ups. Yeah. Yeah, so if you've got a super inflamed gut, you have leaky gut going on, which is when proteins are penetrating lining of the small intestines, you have a lot of bloating and stuff down there, everything's going to be more difficult and you are going to store a little bit more fat around that section. Yeah, so for you, if that's you, and I guess you wouldn't know unless you maybe got some blood work or something, but it might be smarter to start with diet before you start leaning straight into just doing all day sit-ups. <laughs> You'll be that person with a great six-pack. And I think it's good to do both because you can grow the ab muscles a little bit, but we're talking like maybe a quarter to a half of an inch. So it's not like the biceps and some of the other muscles that you can grow a little bit more significantly to, to see a difference. But you do want to work them. You do want to get them to show. You want to get, keep them strong. But if you're not reducing that body fat, it's going to be very difficult to see that hard work. So let's talk about the exercise side as well. So a lot of people just think of the six or eight pack, and that's called the rectus abdominis. And that's only one of the, the four major groups. Now that consists of two bands of muscles that run from about the stern down towards the pelvis. And they have bands of connective tissue between them, which is called linea alba. That kind of separates those different sections into four, six, or also called tendinous inscriptions, too. So yeah, I like that. That sounds like something you put on a Hallmark card. I like your tenderness inscriptions. <laughs> we got to start a company called Bad Hallmark. Now, some of that is somewhat genetic, but uncovering that fat, making those muscles hypertrophy a little bit through training can make them more defined, deepen those inscriptions and, and make them stand out a little bit more. So that rectum and subdominus again, top to bottom. And that helps with posture and breathing. And because these ab muscles are more postural muscles that fire all day, every day, I train them more frequently than the other muscle groups. And I'll tend to put them through more of an endurance-based training cycle than I would say legs and things like that. Yeah, because again, I guess the point that you were making earlier is it's not really to grow your abdominal muscles. That's not really your point. You just want them to be have endurance. But yes and no. Uh, you can increase the size of them a little bit, but, yeah. but um, not near enough to outpace the diet. Plus, it'd be weird. It looks strange to have like giant stomach muscles. Giant bulging stomach. Well, yeah, that'd be different. <laughs> Uh, so the rectus abdominis we talked about, there's a really deep one that I think is the most important of the core muscles called the transverse abdominis. And this wraps around you like a band or like a belt. And its job is to contract and hold in everything tight for stability. Now, this is actually why it's important to breathe out while you're lifting is because it helps for the diaphragm to get out of the way so that transverse abdominis can close in and give all those organs in your lumbar a little bit more support. So that one could be trained through an exercise called vacuums. So if you have a hard time activating your abs, especially post-pregnancy and things like that, 
You can lay on your back. You're going to completely inhale. I usually have a hand on the, on the stomach. Feel the hand, hand rise, and then you want to completely exhale as much as you can. Completely empty the air, and then try, your, try and draw your navel in and up a little bit. A scooping motion, and you want to hold that. And that will train your ability to activate and contract that transverse abdominis, which will help your abs look better, and it will also help you from getting injured when you're working out or lifting something like a couch. So that's the second of the muscle groups you said that were in the ab. Yep. So then we have another called the internal obliques. And they're the ones on the lower outer part of the stomach. And they work with the external obliques to support twisting and turning. And then the external obliques, they're the opposites. And they work in tandem with each other. They're on the up, upper stomach and they support the torso to twist from side to side, like a Russian twist. Uh, so I think it's important to work top down oblique exercises as well as pulling a weight from bottom to up. And the two most famous exercises for that are going to be cable chops and one called hay balers. And they're actually the ex almost the exact same exercise. Cable chops, you're pulling a high cable down low. And, but if you don't go low to high, you're missing that other set of obliques, at least in terms of hitting them direct. So it's good to do both. I used to bail hay for my neighbor who was a farmer. Ooh, that was hard. And I oh, really? was a scrawny little kid. I had a hard time with that. Did you have, did you have great looking obliques? I was a skinny little kid. I don't know. I don't even remember thinking that abs were back then, <laughs> 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 which it was probably when they looked the most aesthetically pleasing, but it was at a time when I was like, I don't care about that. So it's important to work all those directions. You want top up, you want bottom up, you want rotation, you want top up with rotation, you want bottom up with rotation, and a complete ab program. Yeah, so I never really worked out until you started being my trainer, like, systematically. And that's one of the things that I really was the most ignorant on, I think, is I thought abs was just abs. But when we do an ab workout together, there's always, you're working out the lower abs, the middle abs, and the upper abs, and they are totally different. Like they fatigue different. And, but I would, I just put everything in that simple category before stomach, crunches, and planks. Yeah. Planks are good too. That's an all over core stability exercise. So I think stability exercises are good, but if you can hold a plank for more than, let's say a minute. Yeah. If you're just holding a plank and not doing anything else with it, I think it's a waste of time. I would start progressing the planks. So start moving the arms side to side without the rest of your body moving. Do moving planks. Go to three limbs. Do different things. Is that because it's about continuing to challenge your body with stability and just remaining still? Just kind of. Yeah. If, if you can hold for something for more than a minute, I'm not sure that level of challenge is going to help you improve. I think you'll just stay the same because your body becomes more and more efficient at that same motion under the same demands. <laughs> Hey, Fire Within Nation, has this ever happened to you? You go online to find a quick recipe for mashed potatoes, but first you have to hear about Grandfather's Farm in 1929. When I was a boy. <laughs> the first time you had a potato, and like six and a half chapters later, you get to the ingredient list. Tasted like dirt. Drives me nuts. So me and Joe have worked to solve that issue for you. If you head to firewithinnf.com and check out the recipe section, healthy recipes, following the Fire Within way. And it's just the recipe, no blog, you're welcome. You'll find recipes like steak chimichurri. There's a bananas foster smoothie recipe. There's a sourdough French toast. Lots of healthy things. Make your own ranch dip and, and tons more. So head to firewithinnf.com. Check out the recipe section and enjoy.
So what about people that just hate doing sit-ups? Are there ab exercises that are just not the same as sit-ups, if that's you? Yeah, so I actually don't recommend the sit-up, especially if you're like anchoring your legs and you're using a lot of momentum. And you're going to get some angry emails from <laughs> big sit-up. Yeah, big. yeah, <laughs> a big sit-up. Well, a lot of people, they're just pulling with their quads and hip flexors, and there might be a little bit of ab engagement. And they're slamming their back. So it's not my favorite exercise. It doesn't mean it can't be done effectively. But most people aren't thinking about perfect form and not using momentum and engaging the right muscles. So it's not one of my favorite exercises. I don't typically recommend it. Yeah, I'd never really done many of the lower ab things. And we do a lot where we like lay flat and lift our legs, which feels like a very effective ab workout. And it doesn't feel like, you know, that dreaded sit up. Exactly. Now, that would be an example of a bottom up exercise. Um, so you're going to be working primarily the lower abs. And if it's bottom up with rotation, such as doing leg circles or figure eight patterns with your heels, that's also going to get the internal obliques, which are on that lower portion. What are scissors? Scissors are going to get the adductors and abductors, which is the inside and outside of the legs, as well as the internal obliques and low abs, as well as the hip flexors. So why do we do scissors sometimes where we start low and go high and then come back down? What does that do differently? So that's also going to engage more of the mid abs and more of that rectus abdominis as the hips actually go into hip flexion while the legs. So that'll increase the demand on the upper middle abs. As I feel like the, the bottom up ones are, they're the ones that I really feel in my legs. If we just do a leg workout or something and then we got to do abs, it's like, oh my gosh, there's nothing left. Yeah. yeah. So I do try and, and program bottom up core exercises first because they're going to fatigue the first. It's the largest muscle group attachments. Now, one other point to make before we go through some more exercise examples is the core, when you hear the word core, that doesn't just mean abs. Core is anything that attaches to the hips. And we want a strong core for balance, stability, and low risk of injury and back pain. So included in that is the glute med, the glute max, and the glute minimus. They're the entire glute complex. They all attach at the hips, plus your quad muscles, your low back muscles. They're all going to attach at the hips as well. So they're all included when I say, let's do core. And it's important to keep those strong as well. Yeah, I think that might be a misunderstanding. I know I had it that a lot of people might share is that core training is just about your abs, but. Nope. Really about everything in the middle. And it makes a big difference to train all of that to prevent injury. And it still helps you develop your abs as those things are engaged. What are some exercises for like your lower back, for example? I think supermans are probably the most classic example that's accessible to most people. And this is where you're laying flat on your stomach and you want to get your shoulders off the ground and you also want to get your hips off or your quads off the ground, kind of in that thigh area at the same time, which is going to activate the calves, hamstrings, glutes, and low back. And then you come back down. So that would be a good core exercise. Now I talked a little bit about internal oblique where the bottom's coming up. The external oblique, that's top rotation. So that could be doing like a crunch and twist where you do a crunch and then elbow to the opposite knee, other elbow to the other opposite knee and back down. Uh, Russian twist, certainly you're going to work those as well. So including that top rotation is important. And then I like where top and bottom are moving together and we're working the lower rectus abdominis and the upper portions of the rectus abdominis, like a V-sit, which Pilates type movements incorporate quite a bit. And those are important to include as well. Muscle group, are they training when I'm at the gym where somebody is at the, the pull-up rack, but they got those two slings that go under their elbows and they're hanging from that? 
and they're pulling their legs up and twisting and stuff. Yeah, so that's going to be lower abs uh, or lower rectus abdominis to be more specific and internal obliques. Uh, so that's bottom up and bottom up with rotation. So you're going to get hip flexors, you're going to get low abs, you're going to get internal obliques as you go side to side. And the other cool thing about hanging exercise, uh, like captain's chair or hanging from a bar like that, even if you don't have the elbow straps, is that you're going to get a lot more eccentric stretch on the rectus abdominis. And the more eccentric stretch you have, the more uh, fiber breakdown, which means the more growth of the abdominal muscle in that area as you get proper sleep and protein. Hanging exercises are one of the fastest ways to see a difference in your abs, especially on the growth portion of that muscle. That's one of the best things you could do so long as you have the shoulder mobility and the grip strength for it. And if you have those elbow straps, you don't have to worry about the grip strength because you're just relaxing in there. And that's the purpose of those. Now, American Council on Exercise did an interesting study on what they feel are the top three best ab exercises to strengthen the rectus abdominis and obliques or the bicycle crutch. That's where the right elbow is going to the left knee as it comes in and then opposite laying on your back. And a lot of people, when they do that, they're just flipping their elbows back and forth. They're not actually working the abs. So as long as there's actually ab flexion, the shoulders and legs are moving together, coming off the ground. That's a great one for the obliques. And then the other two they recommend are the captain's chair leg raises. And that's that machine that has either like a flat board or usually the dip handles attached. So your back's against it, your feet are off the ground and you either raise the knees or you can raise the legs straight or take it to the next level. Like we talked about earlier, hanging from a bar. And then the third one was doing an exercise ball crunch. And it's easy to do improper form on an exercise ball crunch as well, sometimes called a physio ball or a stability ball. Uh, some people, the ball rolls back and forth as they're doing the crunch, as opposed to the ball staying stationary and you crunching the abs, making them do the work. So I do see a lot of ball crunches done incorrectly. Actually, all three of these can be done incorrectly. On the captain's chair raises, I see people use momentum and just throw their legs up as opposed to controlling them up with their abdominal muscles. So still doing them with right form makes a huge difference. And that's where if you've never had experience with a trainer, it could make a, a huge difference in your goal to get your abs to be more defined at the show. A couple questions. Earlier, we were talking about the percentage of body fat, where if you're at a 15%, you're at a good place as far as heart health, as well as you have a high likelihood of being able to see visible abs or what your abs look like. What is the body fat percentage for women to be able to see abs? For guys, probably closer to that 12% range is where you really start seeing a little bit more definition, but you can see a little bit of 15. Most people feel pretty, pretty confident there. Now for women, the range is anywhere from 14 to 24% body fat. I and mean, for men, they actually, at least according to the Google, they're going to lump it into a 6 to 17. But I, I think you see the most definition under 15, maybe closer to that 12 and below. And then for women, 14 to 24% yeah. um, is pretty good. All right. So my next question was, when we do a traditional workout plan, what's the appropriate amount of time to spend on an ab workout? That could differ based on the approach you're using. If you're going circuit and just wearing them out, seven minutes could be enough. Anywhere from six to 12 minutes is plenty. And, and if you're going to hit them daily, that's not a bad approach. And then sometimes I'll do more specific workouts, weighted workouts. Well, I'll treat it similar to a back and bias, and I may hit them for 30 to 45 minutes using various methods, which will probably be a mix of weighted and unweighted exercises. And so if you went longer, it would probably be more to see muscle growth, whereas 
traditionally, like if you're just going for endurance or regular training, somewhere in that seven to 12 minute range is probably good for you. Yeah, probably. I'll tell you what, man, here's what I learned. When we were doing a different type of workout plan together and we were doing like total body stuff and we would do core after, I would always think to myself, oh, we should have started with core. It's just like it hangs over my head the whole time. It's like, And then you finish it and it's not that bad. It's really easy to stop at the end of your workout and be like, oh, I just won't do core today. I already worked really hard. <laughs> As opposed to just starting with it and getting out of the way. You're probably not going to stop your workout after seven minutes and be like, nailed it. <laughs> If you're already doing a really heavy workout um, that's exhausting, you probably don't need to add 30 to 45 minutes of heavy abs on top of that. So you could supplement with less exhausting ab workout right. to, to, to keep them engaged, to keep them up. Because if you're working out properly, every exercise you do should be in, incorporating the abs. Yeah. So what are some exercises that you like that people would be surprised at how effective they are as an ab workout? I think anything single arm unilateral can really be effective, especially for the obliques. So for instance, doing a two arm lat pull down versus a single arm cable lat pull down, you're going to get like such as an archer row or something like that. You're going to get a lot more oblique involvement because only one side of the body is heavily weighted or the other isn't. And the obliques are going to kick in to keep you from rotating because mm -hmm. anti-rotation is a function of the abs in addition to rotation. So that's anything where you weight one side. So exactly. You're doing a bench press with a single dumbbell on one All those types of things, you're going to get oblique engagement. The deadlift should absolutely crush the abs, the rectus abdominis, the transverse abdominis. There's people who only do two lifts and that's all they do ever. And they just focus on maxing out those two lifts, deadlifts and squats. And they're absolutely ripped and they don't do a lick of ab work. So, and they're also, their diet's on point, their body fat's low and they have a lot of, so that's a possibility too. Uh, I think the deadlift, uh, the step up to balance, which is like a single leg version of kind of the best of, of both worlds between a lunge and a deadlift, that can get you a lot of abs as well. Some of the different things we've talked about today, the diet's going to be the most important thing at developing the abs for men really is to get below 15%, maybe closer to 12% is where you're going to see them defined the most in a sustainable way. And then for women, anywhere from 14 to 24%. And then for exercises in terms of growing the muscle, the rectus abdominis can only grow less than an inch, probably between a quarter and an eighth of an inch for most people. Some people may be more. So you're not going to make a lot of leeway there. That's why that body fat reduction is so important. But you can grow them a little and you can make them more defined and more functional. We want to hit the four major parts of the abs. That's going to be the rectus abdominis. Those are the six or four, eight pack that you see running up and down. And any types of crunches and, and V-up type exercises are going to work that. We want to work the transverse abdominis. That's that deep core muscle. And we talked about activating that through a vacuum, but that muscle should actually be activated on every single exercise you do ever. And that's that drawing the navel in and up maneuver to concentrate on that hold. And then we also want to work internal and external obliques. Internal obliques is going to involve top rotation. External obliques is going to involve lower body rotation. So a complete ab program should compare or combine a little bit of all those things. We want to make sure that we're including the entire core in our core workouts, which is going to include the glutes, the hip flexors, a little bit of the quads and the low back muscles as well, and not just focus on the aesthetic muscles. 
are some of our best exercises are going to be the captain's chair leg raise if done properly with control stability ball crunches as long as it's actually your abs creating the flexion and you're not just rolling back and forth on the ball and also the bicycle crunch as long as you're not just flapping your limbs and the body's actually creating a crunch so all of this should give you a pretty solid plan for improving your abs when our app launches there will be a six-week supplemental ab program that goes with it and in the programs in the app there will be specific ab focused days paired with some correctives as well so if you want a plan that puts all this together for you stay tuned as we continue to build this app and get it launched in the upcoming weeks thanks for tuning in today i hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode if you did Go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.